ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and with me today, a very special guest, James Malinchak. Very special because he has a lot of credentials that I'm not going to read them all to you because I'm going to talk to him and spend our time, very value, his valuable time in a, in a better way. And I'll, we'll, we'll figure all that out as we go along. But I will say that James is the world's leading authority on speaking and the number one speaking coach and trainer and has been on Secret Millionaire. He's done thousands and thousands of um, uh, presentations from business groups, celebrity events, colleges, you name it. He's done it all. And I'm very excited to have him on my show today. So welcome to the show, James. Hey, Janice. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. My pleasure. And I, I want to start by, by saying that in my research, looking at um, your, your uh, website and, and the things that I've been able to, um, to read about you, I noticed that, I mean, okay, a couple of things, but the first thing I want to say is there are a lot of very well-known speakers and celebrities and sports um, um, professionals who say that you're their coach or you have coached them, even though they are at the top of their game. So I want to know what's your secret? What's your secret that makes those wonderful Les Brown, Jack Canfield, Michael Jordan, Gene Simmons, you were on his show. I mean, there's, there's a myriad of them. And one in particular, I want to talk to you about in a few minutes, but, but what's your secret? Well, so the secret to living is giving. And if you always approach people not wearing a bib, meaning being a taker, because that's what happens when we're an infant and we come into this world, we get a bib placed under our chin. And then we get programmed, if you know anything about the subconscious mind, we get programmed to go through life that way, right? Believing that people should be giving to us because we're wearing a bib. So what I always say, you know, you take, you have to take that bib off from around your chin, drape it over your forearm. Like you are a server in a 10 star, not a five star, a 10 star uh, establishment the finest dining establishment on the planet. And you always approach people with what can I do for them? How can I serve them? How can I add value or, or help them in their life? So anytime like I'm around one of these folks, I will share with them some ideas or some thoughts that will help them like genuinely, truly help them. And for me, with my expertise, it's all about how to actually take your message and get paid to speak with it. So I remember I was sitting with uh, Joan Rivers, the late comedian Joan Rivers. I love Joan. She was, love Joan Rivers. Yeah, she was uh, such a sweetheart. You know, she had a rough kind of personality on stage, which is kind of her shtick, her act. But, you know, you, you sit down and talk with her and she's just the sweetest human being you ever meet. I was on a TV show she was hosting. It was called How'd You Get So Rich? <laughs> and it was it was created by Mark Burnett, who created Apprentice and Survivor and Eco Challenge and Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And he did the show. And Joan interviewed me on it. And 
it, we were down in Beverly Hills on Rodeo Drive doing this. And when uh, the interview, the show wasn't happening, she and I would sit down on the steps of some businesses. We were just kind of waiting, you know, for the next thing to happen, the next scene to be filmed. And, and she was just fascinated with, wow, so I could really get paid to speak. So I literally would sit on the steps and teach her, well, Joan, here's how you do it, right? Because she was a comedian and she knew that. Yeah. She was a, a host and knew that. She um, sold jewelry, her jewelry line on like QVC, I think it was, and she knew that, but she had no idea that she could literally speak at conferences and help folks, okay? So I just taught her some ideas that would be helpful and really tried to serve her. And that's what made Joan attract to me because like, wow, this guy helped me so much. And so that's, that's the secret right there. You know, if you lead with a napkin draped over the forearm thinking, how can I add value to this human being? It doesn't matter if they're famous or you meet somebody at the grocery store, you know, then that's the, that's the secret. And people will magnetically attract to you if you simply lead with the napkin. And that's unfortunately, Janice, not how people lead. They lead with a bib saying, hey, do this for me. Hey, do that for me. So yeah. lead with the napkin, not the bib. I love it. I love it. And it's, I, I, I feel very honored that you told that story about Joan Rivers because I'm going to age myself, but I remember my parents lived in Beverly Hills for many years and oh, wow. um, Joan Rivers was trying out new material at a little club on one of the streets in Beverly Hills. And I remember her coming in with the boom box and putting it on the uh, stage to record what she was doing to see which jokes worked and which jokes didn't work before she took them to her actual comedy act. And that was very special before she was, I still use Joan Rivers actually. Um, you know, if you're having company and your house is dirty, she used to say, put a drop cloth over everything and say you're painting. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. and, um, um, okay, so I also remember seeing in one of your um, blogs that you did, and I love this, it was about one of the biggest mistakes speakers are making right now. And I think it's a fairly current blog, I'm not sure. But um, you talk in this blog post about how um, you did, you got paid very highly for a speech, and uh, also did some book sales and ended up with like a $20,000 night or something. And then this professor of language or whatever it was at the university tell the story because it's a good one yeah i remember it like it was yesterday so i was speaking in southern california at a community el camino college in torrance california okay. and uh it was great because you know we had i can't remember i want to say 700 students who were there and plus some parents and people from the um, community and uh did this presentation and then, uh, you know, also mentioned about books and things I had in the back. And when it was all said and done, I think it was about 20, right around $20,000 from the fee plus back of the room sales of books and things, um, which is not bad for an hour talk. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that'll, you know, pay some bills for you. Um, and, and plus even more important than that was kids were coming up and talking about how their life was changed and how like I made a difference and I spoke to them and parents were too. And you know, it was just a really great, great all around situation. Well, lo and behold, a speech teacher, I'm sorry, <laughs> I should say professor, speech yeah. professor from the college came up to me and said, would you like to see 
a copy of the eight-page critique I wrote on you of all the things you did incorrectly during your talk. And I said, I I'm sorry, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> so would you, yeah, yeah. Would you like to see a copy of the eight-page, I remember it, like it was an eight-page critique on all the things you did wrong in your talk. And I said, um, no, not really. I said, because what you don't understand, ma'am, is I don't give a speech. I'm just a guy who has a message and I simply stand up in front of people and share it to help them. I could care less how many times I said um and ah. I could care less where my hands were or where they weren't. I could care less if you're gonna tell me that I did not walk in a V. Yeah. I, I could care less about if you're gonna write that I didn't do eye contact to everybody in the audience. I don't care about any of that because I didn't give a speech. I was here to share something that would help people. And I just stood up there and shared it to help them. And by the way, look at this crowd of people wanting to take pictures and have books signed. I think I did that. So not really interested in what you think is a message that impacts people because it didn't follow a criteria that you teach kids out of a book that's theory and not real world stuff. And I don't really care to learn from somebody who's never been paid to give a presentation in their life. And I was shocked that uh, she was shocked yeah. and she just threw her tail between her legs and scurried away. Yeah, there's a, so many stories there, right? So many lessons there. Yeah. And it, it makes me think that, you know, I, I say to people that I'm not a speaker, I'm a, yeah. I'm a trainer, I'm a teacher because that's- Love it. Okay. And if I'm teaching, or training in the in the adult world. I used to teach school many years ago, but as a trainer, I don't feel that I'm a speaker. So is there a complete difference? I know Jack Canfield was a teacher, for example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, when people speak and have something to share with the audience, does it matter if they think that it's that they're teaching or is it a different, is it a different, what's the difference? So the, the thing I think everybody needs to realize is you're already teaching people. You don't think of it that way. You don't have to be in a classroom to teach people. You don't have to be in front of a group to teach people, right? So when you sit down with somebody over coffee, tea, or a juice, and they say, hey, what do you think about? And then you answer them, you, you know, you're teaching them, yeah. right? You're sort of coaching and consulting them. When you sit down on a couch with your son, daughter, niece, nephew, grandson, granddaughter, and you tell them some advice, you know, that's called how-to advice. You just don't look at it as like, oh, wow, I'm actually speaking to them, right? When, when you sit, like I grew up in a small steel mill town in Pennsylvania, and we used to sit on the porch and tell stories, right? Even when I go back home and uh, I see our neighbor, we'll sit on a porch, like literally for an hour or two, and we'll say, yeah, you remember back in high school when, well, what is that? That's a story. Yeah. Right. So we never look at it like that, but we're already teaching and, and sharing stories and information. So is it how you it's more about how you um, uh, give the the story, how you tell the story? Sure. Right. Yeah. Now, if you're in front, let's say, of an audience or if you're, uh, you know, doing like an online virtual, like maybe a summit or a challenge, there, there's always a structure on how you would tell a story. Mm -hmm. right? Based on time, based on 
um, the type of impact you're looking to have based on the type of lesson. Like the story I just rolled into was something really quickly, but if I were speaking on a stage, it would be slower, it would be drawn out more in depth. It would be like pauses and lessons. See, that's all sort of technique. Yes. But in essence, it would be the same story. It would just be the mechanics would be a little different. Right. I, I understand. Are you familiar yeah. with um, Donald Miller, the story brand? I am not. No. Okay. Um, well, I was actually listening to him on a podcast with Lewis Howes the other day. Are you familiar with Lewis Howes? The I know Lewis. Yeah. yeah. So he did this um, recent interview with Donald Miller, who talks about story. Everything is about a story. And, you know, of course, there's always, I think, four people in a story, right? The hero, the, the, um, the villain, the guide, and there's another one, and I can't remember. Yeah, that's the way Hollywood creates movies. Exactly, and that's what he was talking about, exactly. But, um, but the point was that you can tell a story and nobody will be interested, but if there's a, <coughs> excuse me, if the, if the um, hero has this challenge, now it changes, it, it makes it more interesting. So um, I, I, I assume when you're speaking on a stage, it's about that arc. It's about that story arc, the same thing. Um, and you read your audience. If you read your audience well, you know if it's working or not, right? Well, the first thing I tell people when they want to speak on stage is don't worry about any of that stuff because you'll become too robotic. You, you'll become too much in your mind and just get up there and tell the story. Okay. And when you tell it, you're not going to be happy with it. You'll think that you're bad, but you're going to impact somebody's life. Zig Ziglar told me one time I was having lunch with him in uh, Vegas. And I said, Zig, what's, what's the key about speaking? And Zig, you know, in my opinion, Zig was the, the greatest speaker of all time. The greatest, not as far as performance, but as far as um, somebody who went from nothing and built a career back when we didn't have social media, we didn't have online courses, we didn't have trainers, and he, he literally bootstrapped it and figured it out on his own. Um, but I remember asking Zig, I said, what's, what's real important about speaking? He said, well, just remember this. Here's the most important thing. When you, is, when you get up on stage or you get on like, you know, let's say a virtual, as long as you don't throw up on the audience, you're going to do all right. And he said, even if you throw up on the audience, you're still going to have at least one person who claps for you, right? And, and that's a great lesson because so many people get so caught up, like what you had mentioned, ARC and all this, that they freak out, especially a brand new person. And I tell people, just get up there and tell the story. Just don't throw up on anybody and you'll be all right. Okay. And then, then we'll work on refining it. And, you know, like when I started Janice, I was just, I didn't, I didn't know any of this stuff, ARC and Hero's Journey and all and if you would have tried to tell me all that back then, I would have quit and went and done something else. I'm like, this is too hard if I got to do all that. I don't, I don't understand all that stuff. So I just stood up and talked, told my story. And then guess what? Over the years, got better, worked on it. Oh, that's what voice inflection is. And that's mm -hmm. what's slowing your pace. See, I, but I couldn't do that in the beginning. So what I, was the beginning for you? When did you start to speak on stage and, and what was it that, that got you to that? Oh, here, I'll, yeah, it's a great lesson. So uh, after I graduated from college, I moved to Los Angeles and I started my career as a stockbroker, financial advisor. I was, my, my goal was to play pro basketball and I played college ball. That's it, that's it. Oh, really? Yes, we're a basketball oh. family, love it. Oh, I took a basketball scholarship out of high school to uh, University of Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. 
And then uh, my coach got relieved of his duties, which is a nice way of saying he got fired. <laughs> and I transferred and went and played in Hawaii. And the first game, I caught a pass and ripped my knee in half. And that was the end of my career. But yeah, I was, a, I was an honorable mention, All-American. I was first team All-State in high school. I was a pretty good player. How tall are you? 6'3". I'm a little guy. I'm a shooting, shooting guard. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but I always had a backup in case I wasn't good enough or in case I had an injury, which I did. I tore my ACL, my anterior cruciate ligament in my knee. And so I I moved to Los Angeles and became, I knew a lot of guys who were playing in the NBA and a lot of pro athletes. And I thought, I'm going to be this financial advisor. I always loved that. I always kind of craved the markets. And so Yeah, I moved to Los Angeles, long story short, because of connections I had and relationships. I went on with my company to be number one in new account openings out of my entire training class from around the world, which are about 200 of us. And I got most outstanding performance. I opened over 200, 200 some accounts my first year. And so phone rings one day out of the blue. And guy on the other line says, uh, hey, uh, James, my son works with you in your office and he's a young guy starting out and he was telling me just how you just went out and and crushed it i'd love to have you come and talk to my employees and i'm like talk like uh, i don't i don't i don't speak what do you i don't i don't know what you're talking about no no i want you to come speak for them i'm like well i don't speak i'm 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 an advisor and he said look i only need you to come and speak for 40 minutes i said with all due respect i don't speak i'm in a financial advisor. i don't even know what that means yeah. and he said and i'll pay you five thousand dollars i said i speak i speak i speak when do you want me <laughs> right? and so jess i went there did that talk for 40 minutes, whatever, 45 minutes, just told them my story of how I did it and told them the, the strategy. So when you speak, your message is only two things. It's story and steps. So many people get caught up in the story and then it becomes this violining process and then it becomes therapy where it's all about you, the speaker. No, you're telling your story so you can then give steps to where they can take those steps and be better. And so that's what I did. I went there and I gave story and steps. And I thought on a scale of one to 10, I was a negative two. (laughs) And the guy came up to me and he said, man, that was great. We'd like to book you to speak two more times. And I'm like, who who are you watching? Like, I was terrible. Uh And here's what, I'll never forget what he said. He said, oh, you might not be a good presenter, but your message really hit home with my people. And that's all I care about. Bingo. And he did. He booked me for two more and gave me 5000 bucks for each one. My first three talks, I got $15,000. And I thought, I don't know what this thing is, the speaking thing, but I'm going to do this. Yes, you know, if, if that's what they're going to pay. Well, Janice, guess what? I did the dumbest thing you could ever do. I quit my job. <laughs> yes. And, and I blew through my life savings. And I was so broke, I ended up working in a video store, Montrose Video in Montrose, California, outside of La Cunada and Glendale. <laughs> and, and I made $7 an hour uh-huh. working in that video store, eating Top Ramen noodles and living in a $400 a month apartment in the outskirts of Los Angeles. As you know, that must be a terrible apartment. And it was. <laughs> and because I didn't understand that this was a business. That's actually why my logo for my company is a coin. Uh-huh. To remind folks. There's two sides to the coin. On one side, you have your message, what you share with people, your presentation, if you will. 
And most people think if they just have that, that they're going to be fine. Nothing could be further from the truth. The flip side of the coin is we have this thing called the business. And you've got to learn how to get yourself booked. You need to learn how to, you know, get people to tap into budgets and buy books for all their people and give them to all their people. I mean, there's the business side of it and how you get paid and all that stuff. So yeah, that's how I got started. And, and it took me the harsh lesson of pretty much going broke to figure out, oh, this is a second side. There's a second side to the coin and it's called the business of speaking. And as you were showing me your logo on your shirt, yeah. Big money speaker and BMS in the center, and it does look like a coin. So I love it. Yeah, do you, yeah. Do you give out coins as your, you know, the the logo as a coin. No, we don't give out coins. It's just well, a I metaphor. Coin, but you know, anyway, I meant like a wooden nickel type of coin. No, no, we don't do any of that. We just, it's just a metaphor for them to remember. It's good. That, like that. that uh, there's two sides to the coin. By the way, it's not just speaking. Every business has two sides to the coin. I learned that the hard way too. I know. Yeah. I was a teacher, as I said, and when I yeah. had to, um, when I left teaching and had to figure out what I was going to do, I knew I didn't want a job. And so it, I didn't know anything about business either. Yeah. So I get it. Well, so, and that's one of the, you mentioned Jack Canfield. It's one of the reasons he hired me to consult for him and for his company is, you know, they're all about, you know, Jack's a great teacher, has great information, but, you know, when it comes to the business, you know, he's, he said, there's nobody out there that knows this like you do. And that's why we're, we want to hire you. And so it, it was to teach the second side of the coin to his, yeah. his staff and to him. Yes. Well, I have to say, when I first heard your name, it was through Michelle Abraham. who Oh yeah. She's one of my coaching clients, by the way. Right. No, I know yeah. that. And, um, and, but it was back when I think um, Diane Ralston was, and maybe Michelle wasn't at first. I don't know. No, they were, they're both clients. Yeah. They're, both, yeah. they're all talking to me about, I just started my podcast and I had no idea who you were at all. So it's like, you're this, this hidden gem from, right. And you're, I think, enjoy being a little bit about behind the scenes and so on. But I want to ask you, um, do you think today that you need to have a book? to speak? I, I don't think you need anything in order to help you speak. However, a book greatly enhances and opens doors for you and attracts opportunities to you. Okay. Okay? So when I started, I didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, what I had was a message and I thought, oh, wait a minute. The secret to speaking success is I just got to get to the people who control the budget and get them to pick me. Right. And, and so I, I spent time reaching out to those people. And that's how I went from zero to booking 100 paid talks a year. Okay, over 100 paid talks a year. But then what I learned is, oh, a book greatly enhances the way people think about you. They think of you as an expert. I, I call it the dumbest thing on the planet, <laughs> right? Because you already have like the knowledge or you already have the life experience, or you already have some information and how-to advice that you want to share because you share it with your friend over tea or coffee or juice, right? But the minute you take that and put it on paper and put this thing called a cover around it, same information that you already have in your heart and your mind and your soul, when you put it inside a book, meaning paper with a, a wrapper, yeah. people all, all of a sudden think you're a somebody and they think you're smart. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. I know. Now, this do you have a new book out right now? It's fairly I have 25 books I've written. Oh, I know you have that. <laughs> but this uh, think like a big money speaker. Is that your latest book? 
I do, actually. Yeah, and anybody can get a free copy of it at freespeakerbook.com. I'm giving it away for free to as many people as possible. No credit card, nothing like that. You just go get it. Think like I'll put that a on. A big money speaker. Yeah. Okay, I'll put that on the, the show notes because that's amazing. And, and that's what I think is, I know that you, do you have a soft spot for colleges? Do you still speak at colleges? Um, not like I used to. I'm two-time actually National College Speaker of the Year. Yes. I've spoken at probably, I've done probably about 1,500 if I had to add them up, different college and university talks. I, uh, I, I have a soft spot for young people, whether they're K through 12 or whether it's you know, college or university students, because that's, that's, that's what shaped my future. Mm -hmm. you know, when I heard speakers, uh, not only in the classroom, but outside speakers who came and spoke at our, our campus or in our school or our auditorium at our high school, um, it changed my life. And so I always had a place for anybody that would speak or teach that always a soft spot in my heart. And so I do have that for kids. However, with the fees that I command nowadays, not many youth groups or colleges or corporations can, can afford those. And the only reason I say that is because with travel and with different part of my life, I don't, I don't want to travel. I could, if I were back at my old fees, I could speak literally three, four, five times a week on college campuses and youth organizations. But I just don't want to do that anymore. I've done that in the past, yes. you know, and it's not that I don't love helping them. It's that I don't like to travel and, and all that now. Yeah. Well, it's not as fun as it used to be. As of course. What, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you say are some keys for getting off to a fast start, getting paid to speak? What are like two or three things that you can share with us? Yeah, well, the very first thing is to understand the two side of the coin thing, right? The flip side of the coin that I just mentioned that, you know, this is a business, you know, just like if you have a restaurant, most people think, well, if I make good food, then everybody will show up. And that's not true. Right. You know, P.T. You know, Barnum said it best. Funny thing happens without promotion. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And so it's the second side of the coin. You got to realize that we are running a business no different than if you opened up a flower shop in your community, a grocery store, an Internet business. Everything is about the flip side of the coin that most people seem to forget about. So that's the first thing. The second thing is when it comes to your message, nobody wants to see heroes, legends and untouchable people up there. What they want to see and, and who they want to learn from, right, who we want to learn from is average everyday people who did it, whatever it is. They didn't quit when met with adversity or they got their life on purpose or they figured out how to achieve some goals or some dreams. Right. And they just want to learn from what's called PLUs, people like us. And so that's why you listening or watching your message, your story, your how-to information is actually more important than some really famous person who nobody can relate to. We relate to you and I, mm -hmm. right? Normal people. We get inspired by normal people. We want to achieve goals and go out and conquer the world because of normal people who show us that they did it. Oh, wow. I probably can do it. And that's the, the thing that a lot of people don't get is they think, oh, well, I'm not this or I'm not that. Or I didn't scale Mount Everest 18 times walking backwards. Okay, well, you don't have to do that in order to get, get paid to speak. You have to be an average, normal, everyday person who did something. 
-hmm. or has a message or has an amazing story. Like one of my friends has a story of growing up in one of the worst inner city ghettos in the United States, a place down in Miami called Liberty City. Um, buried 12 of his best friends before he was 16, has 24 friends or family members in prison. The only difference between them and him is they got caught. He didn't. Mm -hmm. Right. Long story short, decided he didn't want to be a product of that environment and have that future, changed his attitude, changed who he was hanging around, long story short, went on to become the youngest person in the history of the state of Florida to become a college professor. He did it by age 24 and became a professor so that he could impact kids and change their lives. Okay, time out. You've never heard that before, Janice. You have no idea who this guy is. No. But isn't that an amazing story for people to hear? Absolutely. Yeah, and that that's what that's what people who book speakers are looking for someone that has a story who's an average everyday person or has some advice who's an average everyday person not heroes not legends not untouchables well they become heroes in in, in my eyes he's a bigger hero than yeah somebody walked on a moon <laughs> i hear you i think that's really and especially because they they're turning it around to share with other people so other people um and now i think i saw that you had or have do you have a school in Africa or somewhere? Oh, wow. You did some research. Yeah, uh, yeah I do. I don't ever publicize this kind of stuff. Well, so. Well, yeah. but you are a philanthropist of the highest degree, I think. And I think that. Yeah, but I don't ever promote that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, you know. That's exactly you, you, special. Oh, yeah. You, you just you do good like that just to do good. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so a few years ago. My uh, friend had me speak at his uh, internet marketing conference, mm -hmm. and uh, his wife had a charity there. It was called Just Like My Child, mm -hmm. and she had a passion for helping children in Africa, especially young women. Mm -hmm. And so it just really touched me. And I, so I, I did a talk, and I said, hey, I'm going to offer you all something. I have my, my big money speaker course and my training and all this, my seminar, and I want every single one of you to buy it but it's not for me. I'm going to make zero money on it. When you buy this, I'm going to give all the money to her to build a school for children in Africa so we can get them off of rocks and into a classroom because they're sitting on rocks right now, right? And we're going to give them tables and we're going to give them school supplies and we're going to, we're going to let these kids learn. And you know what? We're all going to do this and we're never probably going to ever meet these children, but you do good to do good. We don't have to meet them. And we don't need any, you know, credibility, credentials, fame from it. We're just going to do it because it's the right thing to do. Long story short, raised 40,000 bucks. So actually, we did 20,000. I said, any of you who buy, and we had like $20,000 that was bought. I said, then I'm going to match it. So we did like 20,000. Then I put the other 20,000 in and we built a school in uh, Uganda and, um, they shot a really cool video for me saying, thank you, James, and all the kids did, which yeah, is really yeah, cool. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Thank you, James. And, and one, yeah, what was really cool was um, the lady who I built the school with, who, who was pioneering this, she called me up one day and she said, hey, your school's built. And she would send me like pictures and all this. And she would say, so what do you want to name it? I'm like, oh, I, don't, I have no idea. Like never even thought about that. Yeah. And she said, well, you want to call it the James Malinchak school? And I said, nah, I don't, I don't really want to do that. You know, that's not why I did it. And I said, you know what? 
we're going to call it the Vicki J. Pika Malinchak School in honor of my sister, Vicki, who passed away a few oh. years ago. Oh, that's and, just and so, yeah, that's what it is. And it's over there. And it's just, it's so thrilling to see these kids have a place to go and don't have to sit on rocks and get mm -hmm. sunburned from teaching. And they have a nice school to go to. They got tables and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. So thanks for saying that. That's, uh, oh, no, that's think, really sweet. You know, what I love about the work that, that I do, and I'm watching the time. I know we have to, we have to wrap up in about one minute, um, <laughs> is that, uh, um, I work with, I'm affiliated with a company called Send Out Cards, which you may have heard of or not. I don't know. Anyway, the whole premise of sending, of Send Out Cards is to send out to give, not to get. And mm. we talk about relationship marketing. We talk about it being more about relationships than about marketing. And it's not about, you know, you, you're a realtor, you're a mortgage broker, you're a business professional, and you want to highlight you on the card. No, it's about giving you know, giving thanks, showing appreciation, let that be enough. And the mm -hmm. laws of reciprocity will work. And I think on a huge scale, that's what you've done in, in the sense that you're sending out to give, you built that to give. And I think that just speaks very, very highly of you as a person. And, and uh, yeah, I can't say anything more about that. I think it's wonderful. So one last thing. Yeah. Um, what would be the most important piece of advice you would give to my audience of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and sales professionals? What would you give to them about what about their place in the world? Uh, personally or business-wise? Whichever you prefer. Okay, so I'll tell you something my mom and dad used to always tell me. Like I'd win an award and they'd be like, oh, son, that's great. Love you. <laughs> Pr proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> but never forget. You didn't come into this world with anything. You're not leaving with anything. The only thing you have is the impact you made while you're here, the lives you changed and the difference you made and the legacy you leave. Later on in life, I'd win some award. Or I was on TV with, you know, Secret Millionaire and ABC. And hey, son, that's great. We love you. We're proud of you. But remember, you know, you didn't come into this world with anything. You're not leaving with anything. All you have is the difference you make, the memories you create, the impact you have and the legacy you live. And so that's what I would share with everyone. That's a great message and a wonderful place to end. Thank you so much, James, for your time and uh, your wisdom. I appreciate uh, it. Thank much. you, Janice. And thanks for your great work. Keep uplifting people. Thank you. And thank you to my audience. If you like what you heard, please leave a review and check out James's information. It'll be in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share out this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.